to need more of a social friend. She's gotten involved. They did join the church. They went through the class, I think. Um, and and so it's it's been a a, a different situation. Mm-hmm. It didn't turn out the way I thought or had hoped. But I think both of us were just kind of really busy at that part of our life. And you were talking that every happens. day, though, right? No, I would call her every day, and I would get her answering machine. Oh, oh, okay. No, it wasn't every day. I would call her every day just to try to touch base to set something up. But it would go, I would call her every day, and then she'd call me maybe at the end of that and say, Oh, I'm sorry, I was in the hospital. Because this isn't just a cancer thing now. And it, it's it's one that's not really terminal, those ones that kind of drag out, that go yeah. on and on. Um, so it's been an interesting experience. I think because so many people are in care groups at church, I don't think there's a long line of people waiting to get a care receiver. That I know there's a guy... How many have you done? This is just my my only person. Mm -hmm. And because I work with Kim's Crusade, I was gone all last summer. Mm -hmm. And so um, I didn't want to maybe get somebody. And Mm -hmm. supposedly Seth is looking for someone Mm -hmm. for me. I think we might have one. But it's kind of been all fall. And I'm not poo-pooing the program, but I think because the church takes such good care of its people... It seems like everyone in our group that has somebody is not in a life group and they're new to church. But the thing also is Stephen Ministry is a a reach out program to people other than church people too. And that's where we're trying to start redirecting it. I guess how would you make those contacts? Well, through word of mouth. You're out in the world, in the everyday world, and you listen and you hear somebody needs something and then you just, you know... So that's how that works. Yeah, yeah. And so I think we're talking about it more in church and putting a bulletin in, um, adding ads in the bulletins. You know, in fact, all though, it's a good, very good training uh, for me. You know, even if I don't get one afterwards, it's good training for me because I'm not. I'm not your uh, sociable person. Right. Um, you know, it's teaching me to... Uh, right. Well, and I know my mother-in-law fell a year ago, and we moved her, I'm looking outside, to the bridge, which right, is everybody. just about a mile down mm-hmm. there. It's an assisted living program. And it's been very frustrating. She has needed a lot more care than we thought, or a lot more attention. And I find myself just getting frustrated and trying to fix it. And then I thought, wait a minute, I've got to remember all that stuff with Stephen Ministry. I'm not fixing it. And, and I really like, I don't know if you guys, that picture of the guy in the pit. Mud hole. Yeah. I mean, my husband and I both are very people-oriented. We tend to get in the pit with him and just take on everything and feel it so deeply. And then we're a wreck. Yeah. And, and so it's good to remember, okay, I'm there with the hand, pulling them up, and, and like you said, it's like, okay, I need to deal with my mother-in-law, like the Stephen ministry, to ask the deeper questions and try to get to what's underneath and show some empathy and not try to fix it. So, yeah, it, it 
carries through to all areas of life. Do you have any questions for uh, Jenny? Are you glad you went through the program? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Because this has helped me, even even just today, the reading, you know, about me being assertive Christian, you know, Mm -hmm. being assertive and, and... to me, that you know, I'm just yeah, yeah. I yeah, I was going to get a copy of that and send it to my daughter because yeah. she has problems with that, and I thought being assertive. Yeah, and 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 so doing the little, you know, the kneeling <coughs> underneath rather than talking straight across. Yeah. And yeah, I think it's fantastic. And the little skills, I, I'm very much a performer and struggle with how well I'm doing in life, and so. Sometimes doing the little role plays are really hard because I think, I want to do it really good. And, and what are they going to think about me if I do it really bad? But it's it's good practice. And like you said, this may not be a skill that I have, but I can get better and it goes, mm-hmm. helps with neighbors, <coughs> with family members. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's helped me a lot with my sister yeah. more than yeah. I would have realized. So, yeah, She's I think it's a great training. That. I think it's a great training. Well, thanks, Jenny, okay. for coming in and yeah. sharing. Nice meeting you again. Yes. <laughs> now remind me. Glory. 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 Okay. Glory, Malcolm, and John. Yep. All righty. Thanks, Jenny. All right. Have a good day. Talk to you soon. All righty. Okay. There are a lot of exercises in this one, which is really great. The role playing, and and this is a good thing for all of us. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, because we aren't perfect. Mm-hmm. So the last thing you want to do is to feel that, oh, i got to have everything just right in, right in the... Um, why, don't we, why don't we open with a prayer, and then that way it'll set the tone. Um, Malcolm, are you comfortable doing it? Our Father God, uh, we pray that God uh, uh, help us, God, uh, to understand studies here and to be sponges, God, and to glean from this... This, these exercises, Father God, in this class, uh, which you want us to, Father, and please uh, help us all. And be with those that are not here today, God, God, and say good back. Please, in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Um, this this first part is going to be about five minutes, and I'm really poor, so I have got to watch my clock today. <laughs> I told Seth, he said, don't worry about it, but I have this habit of getting involved. And then this is about Paul, Apollos, and God. Just trying to follow him. I'm trying to follow him. You're, we're on five because Paul, or Paul, Seth yeah. said that last week you did, you, you did two sessions. Of something they, <laughs> they want me to read. And it's about, um, in your manuals of the 89 through 96, that will in module 5. Um, when Paul wrote his first letter to the Corinthians, he had to correct a misunderstanding. The Christians in Corinth were quarreling and forming cliques. They claimed to be followers of Paul or Apollos or Peter. They were arguing about which of these men was the greatest preacher and the best leader. They seemed to think that their faith and the spiritual gifts were based on the efforts of people. Paul wrote strong words to correct this misunderstanding. He wrote, When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. 
My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. And that is so. And if you want to look for uh, a passage to read more about this, it's 1 Corinthians 2, 1 through 5. Paul was the church's first great apostle to the Gentiles. He brought the gospel where it had never been heard and founded many congregations. Countless people came to Jesus through Paul's ministry. Paul's ministry really got results. Uh, Paul knew that only God could bring people to faith in Jesus. And that's key when we're doing our, our caregiving is that you may not always have the answer or always be able to touch, but that's when you want to pray and let God do his work and he will reveal something to you that might. So always remember that we can't do it by ourselves. God's going to be right there with you. And um, God worked through Paul to bring about marvelous results. That's the way it is for you as a caregiver. You will obediently care for your care receivers, and you will trust God to bring about the results he wants to see in your care receivers' lives. In this, cla- in this in-class session, we are going to explore the pro- process-oriented caregiving that you read about in your pre- you read, read, read about in your pre-class reading. We will compare process and results orientations, practice process-oriented caregiving, and you will apply a process orientation to your own life experiences. Now, we may be able to get through this whole thing today, being that we're working as one group and not two groups. Yeah. So, so what we're going to do is let's begin with the learning process with a prayer. Almighty God, you are always in the process of blessing us, giving us good gifts, strengthening our faith, meeting our needs, and giving us new life. Thank you for the opportunity to work as your partners in caregiving. Bless us with wisdom to distinguish between what you want us to do and what only you can do. Please also give us the faith we need to entrust completely our care receivers and all whom we love into your mighty care. We give our time and ourselves to you now and eagerly await all that you will do in and through us during this class. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're at section two now, and we're going to be doing um, a care receiver profile. What we're going to do is now we're going to put, we got one group, so I one person is a care receiver, one person is a caregiver, and one person is an observer. So now, um, and so you three decide who's going to be what, and then in a moment I'm going to have a private meeting with the caregiver. So you guys, you know. So um, while we are meeting, I'm going to be meeting with Jonathan. While we are meeting, I would like the two of you to very quickly put together a profile of the care receiver, which is your focus note one. For the skill practice, there is a care receiver profile, again, in one. Answer the questions in the profile in order to describe a care receiver that the person with that assignment can practice. Will all the caregivers join? Okay, join me now. And the rest of you go ahead and work on the profile. And then Now um, you're going to practice a visit between the caregiver and the care receiver. In order to prepare for that visit, please take a moment for the observer in each group to tell the caregiver about the needs of the care receiver.
And you don't have to share the entire profile. Just take a just make a brief description of what the care receiver's needs are. Just take a few seconds. Uh huh. And and so in order to do this correctly, you need to be sharing sharing with Jonathan. Jonathan shouldn't have to read it. You need to share with Jonathan. Because this is all part of the practice. Now let's begin the visit. During the skill practice, I would like the observers to pay close attention to the caregiver and the care receiver's body language and to their feelings. Caregiver, please stand and start the skill practice by knocking on the door with the care receiver answering, then sit down and begin the visit. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to knock on the door. Yeah. You're, you're knocking I'm on the door. Oh, Caregiver's oh, knocking yeah. on the yes. door. You're, you're in the house. Okay, I'm in the house. Mm-hmm. Remind me. Holding the What? Why, how do you feel? Uh, I was like, how do you mean people? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. What's the baby in the way? I don't know. Um, no. Um, how I, I just didn't... I was looking for an ear here. That's mm-hmm. what I, I needed, ear to ear to, but I, I didn't want a fix. Yeah. Oh, so okay. you want uh, you want him to just listen just, yeah, to, uh, to hear. how yeah. you've been feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And that, okay. That got two and a half minutes yeah. to wrap this up. So, okay, how did it, now we have to go on from there? How did, how did, how did the caregiver feel? I felt totally opposite of what I want to do as a, a person, even in general. <laughs> I'm not just a student minister. It was hard. It was like, it it's is hard. Is it it a, I mean, I felt um, like a jerk, basically. <laughs> you try to get fixed. Yeah. I, yeah, I know you're, you're kind of nervous, too, because you're like... What are you wearing a lot? Yeah, <laughs> like that, yeah. Let's try what my language... Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever notice? Yeah. Yeah. That's right, yeah. That's a little... Okay. Got a minute left. And what did this exercise have to do with the caregiving? Now remember, this is the observer's lead. Flora, you need to be leading this. This exercise has to do with the caregiving anyway. I understand that question. Yeah, I don't know. What did you say? I don't know. I mean, it just shows <coughs> how not to do it. Yes. How not? Mm-hmm. Oh. How not kind of like the opposite of what... Mm-hmm. We should be doing. It kind of shows you, like how things can go so bad if you're results oriented. Or <laughs> how quick things can go uh, real bad. Mm-hmm. It seems like you've gotten more depressed, maybe. Because you okay, now I'm going to need you to end this. So bring it to a close. Yeah. Well, this is hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, what we're going to do is the neat part is we're going to discuss this right now to help you understand better what's happening.
hope you don't mind. I'm in Cigar Week, so I can't see you. Okay. Um, what I'd like you to do now is in, um, you share the, your responses of the four questions and note and take a couple of minutes for you to be sure to wait. And we want to allow everybody in here to say something. So, um, Okay, so it's about two minutes for each thing. Um, you go ahead and then I can share or if you want to. How did the care receiver feel? No, I mean, you guys discuss it as a class. How, how did I feel? Like I mentioned before, how I feel is that I, I wasn't looking for a fix. I was looking just for somebody to listen. I wanted, yeah. I wanted my. I so that was it. I just wanted to, to somebody to listen. I, mm-hmm. I wasn't looking for a fix. That's something that I feel like I've had to deal with right. with, um, like Ashley in like marriage too. Is just like I was always, like whenever she has a problem, I want to be that fixing person to like mm-hmm. jump in there and you know make it feel make her mm-hmm. feel better or make everything okay. And it's sometimes you just need to listen and let them mm-hmm. deal with everything on their own. Many times, and that's that's true also in in relationships. Mm-hmm. With and you'll find also you'll find with your wife. Many times, your wife just wants to talk. She doesn't want to fix. She just wants to tell you. Mm-hmm. And you just have to listen yeah. patiently and say yes, you know, and understand, and empathize with her. But she's not looking for a fix. But yeah, no, that's it. yeah, yeah. In here also, I did not. Um, you know, with reference to speed dating and going out uh, 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 to meet with people and all that, I, um, you know, it's God. It's like God is not involved in this process, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, really, God is the one who will, who yeah, will, uh, uh, who will Fix. cure you. You know, uh, 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 yeah. you're not going to be preachy or anything, mm-hmm. but. Uh, do you have some, uh, I would say, uh, do you have something in your church, like a life group maybe, that you can join, or uh, something like that, uh, involve, involve God into this, because, um, you know, involve the church into this, if, uh, you know, especially if you know that uh, uh the K receiver is a Christian. Mm-hmm. If not, uh, you can also Make slowly it. introduce. Yeah. And this is going to be very difficult to me when people are coming up. You know, I don't know how to relate to a, 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 a Christian. I know. Through this process, though, you will. You, will I? It will help you do that. Yeah. Because this is caregiving. You got two minutes to finish this. Christian, that's that's what we are studying here. Distinctively Christian. So number three, I haven't heard anything talked about. Oh, the body language feeling of the of the uh, observer. Yeah. What did what did Flory? I think I would be like him, where I'd be. Oh, no, what did you observe in their body language and what was happening when he was talking to him? Um, um, he was nervous. And I sensed that it was nervous too. 
Yeah, which you know, I think that would be how I uh, how I do also because you know I don't know what to say. Okay, you have a minute to wrap up this exercise, and then we'll discuss it as all together. I I did you do number four. What did this what did this exercise do? Well, that's what it is. Is caregiving. That's what the exercise is. Yeah, you need somebody to talk to. I need somebody to talk to, and that's what a lot of this caregiving. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is a lot of talking. Listening. Listening. Excuse me. I'm listening. Okay. So. <clears throat> I'm going to wrap this up. Now, one of the things I noticed as an observer, being listening, watching, there was no eye contact through that whole conversation. Malcolm was not looking at you through that whole conversation. I don't know if you were aware of that. No, I wasn't. Yeah. And that is so key to the relationship that you look at each other when you're doing that, that caregiving, care-receiving, because... By looking at each other, the caregiver is going to be able to pick up what might be going on with you mm-hmm. at the time. And it was meant to be this way, the mm-hmm. first exercise, be a little obnoxious, because they just want to see you see. Because this is um, results-oriented, mm-hmm. which is not where it's we're not at. But that's why they wanted you to do this exercise, so that you could see the exact thing that Stephen Ministry does not do. And it's just, you can't make the care receiver feel like you're going to fix them because the relationship is so wrong. And then, and then the, the odds are that he, he, she will not communicate anymore with you because it's just way out of the realm of what they're looking for. You know, um, okay, it says this exercise, clearly the purpose of this exercise was to show how ridiculous it is to try to be results-oriented caregiver. And and that was because it was exaggerated. Um, what kind of results did you get? Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times your results-oriented caregiving will be subtle, but the results are still going to be the same. Mm-hmm. I have to uh, a little boys room. Yeah, go ahead. Me. I um, much but when when you're being an observer in the group, watch the body language. You can learn so much from the body language. Mm-hmm. The body language tells they don't want friends to know what's going on. You know, deeper than what they already superficially see. They don't want it any deeper. And so they're going to go to someone who's going to listen to them and is totally objective of the situation. And that way, a lot of times, it can be short-term where it's helped them resolve in their mind how to do it. And other times, it, it can take a long time. Um, in relationship to what um, Jenny said earlier, you know, sometimes your care receiver may not be a match. We can interview and we can try to match you the best way we can, but it doesn't always necessarily mean it really is a good match. And when that happens, it's real key at that point in time that you come to Seth or me and say, this isn't working, and we'll just give them another one because you don't want to continue something that could be down the road just so bad for both of you. You know, and, and the Stephen Minister, we don't want you to 
feel that you have to be with somebody you got, even though it's not a working relationship. And it becomes more like a work. Well, and they'll and the, and the care receiver is going to pick up on that it's in not a minute. Relaxing, yeah. a relaxing yeah. conversation. Okay, so now this one we're going to do is process-oriented goals. And a definition of a process-oriented goal is you've seen the negative effects of trying to care with a results-orientation. Now let's talk about how you can make sure you are beginning being process-oriented in your caregiving. And you read in your caregiving a way of life that one important way to remain process-oriented is to think about your goals for your caregiving. So, um, so what we're going to do is... On, um, in, I'm not sure. The process-oriented goals you should have in your book. Okay. And and it will show you like we're going to go through. Um, yeah, we're going to go through. So what we're going to do first is focus on three on page ninety. I'm sorry. <laughs> Contains <laughs> the beginning of the definition. And would somebody read that out loud? A definition of process-oriented caregiving goals. Definition: process goals are actions. That's the definition. Significance. They focus on means. Generally, when people think about goals, they often think about the final results they hope for Mm -hmm. instead of concentrating on the issue. So process-oriented goals are different. Process-oriented goals focus on the actions we plan to do that we we trust will help bring about God's results. And that's what we have to keep remembering when we're doing um, our care giving that we always got to keep God centered in it because he's going to make sure that you do it well. <coughs> and then if somebody would read focus note four. Definition of process oriented caregiving goals. Uh, definition of process goals are actions I can do. The significance is focus on what I can control. You can control process oriented goals because they focus on what you yourself will do, not on what you will try to get someone else to do. Because it's so important, put yourself in their shoes. And then you kind of get a better picture of how you're going to work with them. Process-oriented goals accept the reality that we cannot change others, only God can. And that is just so important to remember. The best we can do is try to control our own actions. And frustration is going to hit. There's no two ways about that. But that's where we're going to have, that's where your supervision group is going to come in handy, and we'll learn more of that down the road. That's why you have those. A uh, 15th century Christian writer named Thomas A. Kempis said, something that would be well for us to remember as process-oriented caregivers. And it's in um, note 5. Would somebody read that, please? Be not angry that you cannot make others as you wish them to be, since you cannot make yourself as you wish to be. That says a whole lot. A whole lot. Okay, let's go to focus note six. And any time you have questions, please feel free to pipe in. And if somebody would read that, please. Definition of process-oriented caregiving goals. Uh, the process goals are actions I can do now. And they focus on the present as a significance. As useful way to make sure your goal is process-oriented is to ask whether it focuses on the present or the future. Process-oriented goals focus on the present. 
They describe what you will do in here and now with your care receiver. Results-oriented goals focus on what the care receiver may do sometime in the future. The in-present nature of process-oriented goals helps explain the power of process-oriented caring. One of the best ways you can care for care receivers is to be fully present with them. And that's where we just talked about in the listening. Because you, when you're with them, it is so important that you are concentrating only on them. And it's real hard to tell yourself to shut off your ideas because you don't want to spew them out to them, you know. And, and you will find there are going to be times it's challenging. So let's go to focus um, note seven if somebody would read that. The definition is process goals or actions I can do now that concentrate on the other's needs. The same thing is to focus on servanthood. Mm-hmm. And as we get into this, you'll see more and more of that. In Christian caregiving, a way of life, you learn to distinguish servanthood from servitude. Process-oriented goals lead to servanthood. With process-oriented goals, you focus on the care receiver's needs rather than your own. Um, uh, I have a question. Sure. Um, I mean... If someone like says they're depressed, you'll I mean you'll have an end goal of them to not be depressed anymore right. in the back of your mind, right. right? But you just you don't want to like go into that. You just want like the well, yeah, the more smaller process. Well, what you need to do is as you're talking to them, that would that will help you realize, <coughs> excuse me, where they are with their depression. Is it something through the process of Stephen Ministry you talking to them? that they'll eventually sort it out, or is it more deep-seated that it really needs a professional person to take care of? And at that point, if you think that's what's happening, then you come to Seth and me, and then what we do is we take look at the situation and, and listen to what you have to say. And and as we go on in your supervision groups, that's the in-depth yeah. one will go into that. Can you be like a psychiatrist for uh, you... Uh, uh, ask the question uh, how did this depression start? You know, no. One thing that you we need to realize, no. Because that's why you're going to listen. You're going to talk to them and eventually they're going to work out what's, what's going on with them. Because we are not counselors and we are not psychiatrists. You have to be very careful that you don't address questions to them that is going to make them feel like you're trying to fix them. So you cannot even ask, uh, how did this depression well, start? Well, let, let's, let's just role play for a minute and think about what that question says. If you were the care receiver and I said to you, Flory, um, I see you're depressed. Um, would you share with me how where it started that you are where you are? Do you see how that would be to the care receiver? That would be you're putting them in a box and we're not listening to what they, because in the process of listening to them, they may wind up t- sharing it with you on a So what you do is you, you put them where, because what one thing that's so important and that comes into this is that you, it's so important for us as care receiver, or caregivers to remember we want to build that trust base so that the care receiver is going to trust you and will open up more to you. 
and it's offensive. I feel like yeah. those questions make them put up walls. It will. Or, it will immediately pull up walls because what what the feeling's going to be is she's trying to fix me. She wants to know what's wrong. Yeah. To, yeah, and that's not why they came here. They came here to have somebody just yeah, help talk through and listen. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear he, listening. He does not know where to start. You can you no. Care receiver, caregivers are to, you know, you introduce yourself and, and, you know, and, and talk to them about them, ask them questions about themselves and let them lead you into what's going on with them. You don't ever want them to make you them feel that you're the one that's asking the questions because they're here for you to just listen. And through all of this, and and even through the, Seven days of training I had, that word was constant. Well, listen. Listen. Yeah, yeah. Listen. Listen, listen, listen. So, some Stephen ministers face the temptation. <laughs> some Stephen ministers face the temptation to relate to their care receivers with an attitude of subtle superiority. So, as caregivers, we have to really be cautious about that and see in that, that kind of you're trying to help them and you might be doing it in a subtle way but the results are still the same you're making them uncomfortable the trust base is never going to happen because you're trying to go into their life and they're not there not to say down the road once you have that trust base they'll tell you but in the beginning you're going to find that they're not going to be real open because this whole thing for them is uncomfortable because they've gone out of their box to ask for help. Um, Paul described Jesus' caring attitude in the book of Philippians. In focus note 8, would somebody read the attitude of a servanthood? Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as Jesus Christ who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Because remember, we're a servant of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Always remember that in that relationship because it will help you. With the process orientation, there may even be ways in which you die for your care receiver. You may die to your own needs because in order to meet his or her needs, you may dedicate your time and energy to what the care receiver needs instead of what you really want to be doing. When you do this, you're simply following Jesus' self-sacrificial example. Um... Now we got focus note nine. Would somebody read that, please? Uh, process goals are actions I can do now that concentrate on the other's needs, and I leave the result to, results to God. The significance, focus, focus, and caring, not curing. Yeah, yeah. And and if if we went into a question like you were asking, you know, if, if I asked the care receiver. Can you help me understand when this all started? That is going, and that's the not. You're going into trying to cure her and not care for her. So, okay. okay. 
What will happen as you focus on carrying out process-oriented goals? The answer is that's up to God. What more could you hope for? You know that God loves your care receivers even more than you do. And he will be there through... Because there's going to be times you're going to sit there and say, Oh, I don't I don't know if I can do this anymore. And if you feel like you're in that kind of a place, you're not sure, always come to Seth. And, and you're, again, your supervision groups, you will be surprised what you can resolve with your relationship in those groups. That's why they have them. They're not going to know who your care receiver is, but they're going to know the situation. And it is amazing what you can resolve in one of those supervision groups. Okay, examples of process-oriented goals are in focus note um, 10. And just read them to yourself. Like... So that uh, you don't forget when uh, he stops talking. Uh, can can you have a notebook and uh, you know write some points? Well, I would think you could do that after your visit. I don't know if you'd necessarily yeah. want to do that with your care receiver. Yeah. You've got to remember, we've got to make them feel yeah. comfortable. Not like taking notes while they're talking when yeah. That to me would not be appropriate because what's happening is you're not listening to them. You're taking, and again, that is trying to fix the situation. You'll remember when you walk away and then you talk and put it in your journal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you don't want to do that with them because it will make them most uncomfortable. Focus to um, 10 notes of the process oriented goals means, will focus on means, not ends. What you can control, not what only God and the care receiver can control. The present, not the future. Servanthood, not serving your needs. And caring, not curing, which is God's business. What other process-oriented goals can you think of that satisfy these criteria also? Um... I can kind of give you a hint of what some of them might be, like um, I will pray for my care receiver um, and reflect on my care receiver's thoughts and feelings. I mean, there's a number of them, but um, what, huh? Tremendous amount of, um, Stephen Ministry really does a wonderful way to help caregivers. Be good caregivers, mm-hmm. and it's actually helping me. And, and, and just, just, just by reading, you know, just in life, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Process. And um, so, what I need again is um, okay. So I need you to gather again. Choose one member of each group to be the recorder. And spread around the room so groups. Well, we're not going to do that part. Yeah. And here, one. If we're you're in class, <laughs> now you are going to look at some caregiving situations and think about how to provide process-oriented care. We will do one together as a class, and then each of your groups will work to two additional caregiving situations. So, yeah, but one of you would have to be a recorder, and then we go to focus note eleven. And I need somebody to read that. 
that situation? Yes. I'll read it. Um, Lou joked about his experience in the magnetic resonance imaging scanner. It was like crawling into a culvert and having to... That, that is so key to this whole thing. I think also to be focusing on like how he's feeling about... Like, I'm just thinking of, like, the financial stuff, like, how he's feeling about it versus, like, to fix how he's going to make that income up. Well, um... Uh, Prayer is one thing also. And what you need to also, um... Well, this pen doesn't want to work for me. <laughs> Let him voice his fears. Mm-hmm. Because he's probably having some, and if he feels comfortable enough around me, he might start. So allow him, and the prayer was a good one also. Mm-hmm. I need to ask for a different pen. <laughs> Is that the only one in there? Yes. Um, some, um, explore ways Lou might get financial help, which I think Jonathan brought up. Because mm-hmm. uh-huh. it's got to be a whiteboard. Yeah. So, Jonathan brought that up, so about the financial. Yeah, I just like their feelings. And assure Lou, assure him that you will be with him during this ordeal, that he knows he can call on you. You know, the one thing you don't want to do, though, and accept Lou's expression of feelings without judging him, the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to make it allow them to call you constantly. Yeah. Do not get yourself involved in that. It's a once a week thing unless there's an emergency and they feel that they need to talk to you. But because you can't be there, that's not also, the purpose. Yeah. And then also if they have financial problems, they can lending the money. No. No, absolutely uh, no, not. No, no. Absolutely not. Do you set up those kind of like ground rules in the You're beginning? Yes. Yes, like and we're gonna we're gonna go into boundaries, okay. and that's that's gonna fit into that boundary issue. Absolutely not, you can't do that because I had a good friend of mine that, uh, that she's from Russia, and she called me the other day, and she was both her and her husband. She was all, you know, all upset about uh, you know her financial conditions and stuff like that. She went and bought a house, and. Uh, it was, it was stupid. She spent way too much money for it and went down to it. And then she up and decided that she didn't want to pay for it. So she'd be living there for three years not paying for it. Yeah, you can. And, and you then she wants to... Uh, I just knew she wanted me to take and co-sign. I could tell she wanted me to co-sign for her. To never, get do a, a, no. never do that. Never do that. Never do that. Okay, so now... Um, now we are going to look at some caregiving <coughs> situations and think about how to provide process-oriented care. And the instructions are in Focus Note 12. And why don't we, uh, and I'll read, uh, I'll read them. Instructions for discussing. Have some, number one, have someone in your group read aloud the caregiving situation in the Focus Note you are working on. We were working on Focus Note one, uh, 11. Mm-hmm. Well, are you doing 12 and, are you doing 13 and 14 now? Focus Note mm-hmm. 12. Well, yeah. Let me new. read this. I think we're going to go to notes 13 and 14. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't help me we, out. I'm telling you, having, you a, redo having a cold, you know. I know. Brainstorm at least five process-oriented ways the Stephen Minister could care for the care receiver. Recorders, whoever's going to record your discussion, 
Write your group's ideas in the space provided in the focus note, which is going to be 13. Um, evaluate your ideas for caring to make sure they really are process-oriented. And after your group has worked through the first caregiving situation, the whole class will discuss the situation. So what I need them through. Okay, so what did you put down initially? Prayer. Okay. First of all. Um, until what's in mm-hmm. the second one. Um, I said elaborate process for emotions. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah that's cool. Part of listening. Um, we have refer to someone, refer to someone that can help with the insurance then, and then also refer to Financial Peace University. Right, because you can do that. You can give you can give her a suggestion about um, going to if you know of a support group that is for widows. Um, and if you know some place that the financial um, yeah. you can you can do that. You do not want to take the situation to anybody else outside of that realm to talk to them. You can those are given things that you know. Um, listen as Cassie expresses her feelings. That was one thing you said. Mm-hmm. Empathize with Cassie and her grief. Also, you know, like our church has a grief counseling group that meets. You can offer that suggestion to her, too. Could you offer something like we have that Redeemer counseling that's here now? Do we, do we want it? We don't. Well, before you people. do that, talk to Seth and I to okay. make sure that we're, exactly. we're yeah, because. Yeah, because what will happen sometimes we may think that's where they're at and, and maybe they're not, and other times they are, and mm-hmm. at that point then we do make as leaders a decision to. And so if you have still, that question it's still mark, Christian, like right. a Christian thing, but it's a little more yeah. extremely support groups. And, um, and like again, any support groups that you know with her, with the situation, financial, grief, widows, you know, we all know, but be specific. Don't go and talk about a situation. You, you need to know <coughs> what we offer. What we yeah. offer. And, of course, you've said pray. And another thing, I, you know, always ask first before you do it. But one of the things that will settle the trust and really get you with your, is even a man, offer a hug. But always ask them first. Would you like a hug? Yeah. Can I hug you or would you like a hug? Yeah. Because what will happen is if you do it without asking and they are not where they need to be, it could shut it down completely. I know that, like, with Ashley's students, she works with her, they come from, like, rough homes and stuff, mm-hmm. and um, I know that, like, physical touch is something that they don't experience a lot of, and they always try to, like, you know, like, hug her or do mm-hmm. something just because it's such an important thing mm-hmm. that, like, can really be... And a lot of times, even in this kind of situation, that is exactly be enough to, to feel the comfort with her caregiver it'd be enough to solidify that relationship that somebody cares enough and some people don't like hugs boy anybody can hug me I love hugs hugs to me just is comfort Mm -hmm. and that that tells me that people care about me so okay so now we're going to go and we're going to do brainstorming on process oriented ways of caring for caregiving situation number three and of course, um, again. again, it's going to be the same thing, but we got a different situation. Yeah. Okay, at the nursing home, 
Well, you know, there's an 87-year-old Pat who learned that, that she is dying. No one is sure whether she can hear, but what is certain is that she does not respond. Pat has no living family, and the staff of the nursing home is hard-pressed to provide more than basic service to her. Process-oriented care, well, process-oriented ways to care is, well, first of all, I want to ask, um, who asked for the care? Did Pat ask for uh, a caregiver? Yes, know. the person yeah, The person her. always asked. Yeah. Well, it looks like you were already a student minister for her, yeah. but then she, like, she kind of made it into a coma or... Well, no, okay. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'll, I'll share with you what their suggestions are. Mm-hmm. So what did you wind up saying? I um, said so when you visit, talk to her or hold her hand, um, share scripture, good, yeah. sing songs, hymns, um, prayer... And we said, help with basic needs, basic challenge. The first three were exactly what they had brought up. In oh, really? Uh-huh. That's funny. Uh-huh. Um, they yeah, had, okay. Or, or stroking, holding her hand or stroking her hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to Pat and tell her about how much God loves her. Because they can hear. I, cared to, I was caretaker for my mother when she was dying. And when I would talk to her, certain things, her body reflex. So they do hear when they're in comas. They do hear. Um, You did say pray pray out loud with her, uh, sing a hymn, uh, and read scriptures, and provide scents, such as flowers, peppermint. mm -hmm. S-E-N-T-S, you know, the flower, the smell, because they really respond to that. Mm-hmm. So fresh flowers, peppermint, freshly baked bread, or apple pie, hmm. you know. It's, you're taking it there for the scent. You're taking it there for the scent. And somebody else will eat it. <laughs> Most of those places won't let you have it. Yeah, I know. But like, Well, they have those uh, diffusers that you can use. I gave that to my sister when she was in there, and everybody commented. Because it's soothing to them. It helps them stay calm and relax. But it's real important as a caregiver that you don't take on taking care of them. That isn't what we are. You know, like you said, shower and stuff. That isn't who we are. We are their care receiver to listen. They talk to us. Those kinds of things are for family and friends. That is not for our responsibility. You can't. That that's getting into deep, and that isn't where we're at. Yeah. So those kinds of things, no, that would definitely not be something you'd want to do. But the holding the hand, you know. You know, and calming her and rubbing her hair. And and always remember that as Stephen ministers, it's man to man and woman to woman. We never mix. And I don't know if I shared with you, when my sister was in the hospital, (coughs) uh, Stephen minister walked in, and it was a male. And that was my first red flag I wasn't happy about. And then he jumped in and he says, Oh, I understand you're having some medical problems. And what's your situation going on? And I'm just sitting there. And he doesn't know that I'm with Stephen Minister. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, this is everything they tell us not to do. Not once did he say to her, you know, how are you feeling? Is there anything I can do to help you? Would you like me to pray? Nothing. 
And then he said, well, my wife's a Stephen minister, so she'll be coming in. She never showed up. And I told my sister, I said, you take that card and you rip it up and throw it in the trash. Because first of all, I questioned the training they went through because that is so specific. He had no business going in there, and he had no knowledge of what was going on with her. He just showed up? Not he just showed up. Not even like she asked for it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and that would have been okay in itself, mm-hmm. but it order. really disturbed me when it came in. Oh, yeah, hi, I'm so-and-so, and, and I understand you're having some real problems here, and I'm thinking, boy, and, and I could see her bristling a little bit. And when he walked out, I said, <laughs> that is everything that Stephen Ministry teaches not to do. He never once asked how you are, what, you know, is there anything you want to talk about, can I pray for you, nothing. It was all about, so, those are the ones that give Stephen Ministry a bad name, mm-hmm. because he's so inappropriately yeah. behaving. Yeah. And so always be careful because, Flora, you could get addressed by a male and, and say, you know, I really need a student. Then that's when you refer him to us because never cross that road. Female to female and male to male. Because there's so many implications that can come out of a, uh, of a co-ed kind of relationship. It's not a healthy way to do it because you, you, you care at a different level. Well, and many times in Many times, some some guys. Um, I I'm a guy. I prefer to talk to a woman than another man. You can do that, but as Stephen ministers, we can't because there. It's not just a matter of talking to them. There's legal issues that can pop into that. There are so many elements that can be created mm-hmm. as innocently as it looks, and that and that's where the avoidance takes place. Because like that one that came to see my sister, he could have done any number of things. That was just, if I hadn't been there, I was so upset when he walked out. I wanted to chase him down the hall and ask him what training you went through because that is so strongly taught that you do not mix relationships. You could have a friend outside, but as a Stephen caregiver, you cannot do that. You know, and if you have, you know... And you have friends that you can do that with, but that's okay. But that's different. We can't do the next exercise because it's a 30-minute exercise. And and we're all, it's practicing the process oriented. Yeah, the correct way. And, And I looked at it, and there is just no way we can cover that in five minutes because it is a 30-minute process. And then we'll go into the caregiver's compass, which is something that really is, will help keep you focused in your, in your um, relationship. Um, because, see, these classes are designed for two hours. And so that's why the, sometimes we have to pick up one and carry it to the next one. And, and sometimes what we might wind up doing is this one we may wind up just packing on to next week. Next week, because I'm looking at next week, it's just short. Yeah, but you have to remember, you see it's short. What they give us is <laughs> necessarily short. Oh, okay. This is the, We have a separate training manual, yeah. and that's what this is. Next, next week? Uh, but if it is... Yeah, so... 
i will have this with me so